The Approaching the Natural podcast with Sid Garza-Hillman. Sid is the author of Approaching the Natural, a Health Manifesto, a certified nutritionist, health coach, and programs director at the Stanford Inns Wellness Center on the Mendocino coast of California. Hello, small steppers. Sid Garza-Hillman here. Welcome, one and all new and old listeners, young and old listeners. Wow. Smooth intro, Sid. Thank you very much. Uh, I got to pat myself on the back for that one. If you guys are just joining me, uh, buckle in. Okay. What do I do here? This is my weekly podcast. I come here every week, 176 weeks in a row, mind you, to bring to you my thoughts, perspectives, sometimes conversations like this one today on living better in the modern world, how to be healthier and happier and stick around here with all this stuff. Not to check out, not to leave your family, not to go live in the mountains, but to, to do the things we do in our lives, work and soccer games and just all the stuff, and do it better. That's it. It's a pretty simple concept, yes, but what a challenge. You know how I know it's a challenge? Because of the health of our species. It ain't good. Okay. Um, if you are just joining me for real, and you may be because you just saw me speak at the Arizona Veg Fest, and uh, and so you want to give this a try, I do highly recommend that you go back and listen to old episodes, even last week's, for instance. Um, more on that in a minute, but but old episodes because most of what I do here of the 176, I would say probably 160 of those episodes is is you know me, and it's it's I talking about my 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 stuff here, okay. But once in a while, I have interviews because I like to, first of all, mix it up. And second of all, I find people that I think I'm going to click with and can get some new thoughts and perspectives to you via via having people on. And that's why I do that. So that's how this is going this week. Um, so you're going to, more on that in a minute. But I'm, I'm, I brought the guys from um, Thought for Food Lifestyle. They have a podcast and a, and a YouTube channel, some really good stuff. They're doing great stuff. And um, they had me on their podcast, and we really hit it off. And we've uh, never met in person, as you'll hear, but it's because uh, interesting world, right? You can they're in Colorado, and it's just so cool with the technology. You can actually get to know people. But ideally, uh, we're gonna actually, you know, be in the same place at some point and and continue this. But I thought it'd be fun to have them on, and it was. So I hope that you guys get something out of that. Um, before I get to that, just a few quick, quick, super quick announcements, okay? Uh, Health Made Simple is a meal plan that I launched with Matt Frazier, No Meat Athlete, and we um, we have it out. It's been very successful, so we're really super happy about that. Um, it features live Q&As, um, exclusive health casts that he and I do every month. Um, it's got five different meal plans, and it's all the stuff that I don't generally talk about on this podcast, i.e. food. I'm trying to sort of like get food in its place, know enough to live super well, and then broaden your perspective to the other parts of your life that I'll bet you a thousand bucks you actually wish you had more time to do. Don't get muddled by food. Dig? So there's this meal plan. It's to teach you to ultimately get your own thing going so you don't have to think about food. That is the goal of this meal plan, unlike other meal plans. We are not here to bog you down, not here to make you spend more time in the kitchen. So check it out, nomeanathlete.com slash meal-plan-system. Um, I always want to give a sincere thanks to people who donate to this podcast, give me iTunes reviews. Um, it means a, a ton, and it's why I come back here every every week, um, a large part, and also just the emails that I get from you guys, all right? So um, SidGarzaHillman.com is my website. Go there. You can find links to all my social media. I'm an active YouTuber, so go check. I just did a new 
YouTube video posted this morning, actually, on my trip to the Arizona Veg Fest, which was really cool. Had a great, uh, like, really fun at my talk and um, full house. Like, it's been good. The first couple, you know, couple years ago was like just tumbleweeds blowing through the room, and now I'm, you know, people are coming to here, and and I and I, I hope that I'm making a. a uh, you know, a splash, a little bit of difference, maybe just helping people kind of think about things a little bit different and um, a little less militantly and a little more liberating because that's why I assume or I hope that people are making choices about their own lives because it's ultimately liberating, not restrictive, liberating. And so I did a video in conjunction with that idea about restriction too. So that's on YouTube. Please subscribe while you're there. Okay, good, good. I'll be at the Marshall Texas Health Fest in March and uh, end of March in Marshall, Texas and Triangle Vet, and that's a healthfest.com, triangleveggefest.com, August 26th and 27th in Durham. I, it looks like I'm going to be in New York again in, in May, like May 21st. That was uh, the organizer asked me to speak and it looks like that's going to happen. So if you're in New York, I should be come, I, I assume I'm coming back there. It's not inked yet. So there you go. Just put it on your calendar, but that's how that goes. All right, you guys. Um, last thing about me, if you are just joining me, I run the Wellness Center at the Stanford Inn. Eco Resort on the Mendocino Coast, and there you can find everything about me and and also the the amazing place that that is. Because just go to the website stanford.com, you'll see what I'm talking about. I don't even need to talk about it here because it's freaking amazing. And um and I run the Wellness Center and do the nutrition stuff and and retreats and all that kind of fun stuff. So there's a bunch of great stuff coming up this year. So check it out and come visit me and say hi for 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 crying out loud, right? Okay. So real quick, let's get to this interview. A uh, real. Two second thing about these guys, Jackson Long and Aaron Stuber. Aaron is a, a registered nurse. They're both trained in nutrition and they both coach. Um, and so I think Aaron reached out to me like a couple of years ago and just sort of introduced himself and we kind of traded emails back and forth. Um, he's an ultra marathoner. He's got a, a daughter and a wife and they're doing that thing. And and just, just you know, he's an EMT, a, a nurse. Like they're, they're great. They just put a book out called Do Where's Your Protein? Do Where Do You Get Your Protein? Which is really funny and good. And they have a good sense of humor. Jackson, Jackson Long is a graduate of University of Colorado Boulder with a degree in integrative physiology and public health. And now he's getting, and he's got a plant-based certification like I do. And he's got a, he's applying for his master. Well, he's not, sorry. He's in a master's program for applied nutrition. So they're in it. And together they make a, a thought for food lifestyle. And they have a really good thing going on. They do a lot of videos and they, they have podcasts. I was on their podcast and we just had a lot of fun and um, just different perspectives, but all with the same idea, I, you know, which is to, to not get people hyper-focused on food, but to round people out as much as possible. We believe passionately that that is a key to success in the modern world, that, we, that, that is about the rounding out. And, and we talk about that a lot. In this discussion, we talk about um, that the, sort of the, the new trend of minimalism. We talk about our challenges as coaches to try to get people to, to, to take their time with these changes, to make them real, and to get people off of the sort of quick fix you know, cell that's so prevalent in today. So that's what we do, and um, I hope you enjoy this uh, this uh, interview. I don't want to talk too much longer, so let's get right to it. I'm going to pop back in at the very end to say my goodbyes for this week's episode, and next week I will be back with a uh, semi-regular episode of, of the Approaching the Natural podcast. In the meantime, you guys, enjoy this interview with Jackson and Aaron of Thought for Food Lifestyle. So I, I just want to say right now I'm, I'm, I, I sold my bed today and I am, I'm sitting kind of like Japanese style in my makeup or makeshift 
uh, floor bed recording this podcast. I feel like super minimalist right now. Like there's nothing in my room. I'm just recording this podcast. So what was the impetus of that move? I'm moving. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm giving up all of my worldly possessions and, and moving and becoming a digital nomad. Sid, where are you going? I'm moving back to Idaho, uh, for like the next six months, but kind of using that as my base camp. It's where my parents live. Gotcha. And then, uh, I'll be, I'll be road tripping through, uh, California in March. So maybe I'll, I'll come in and pop in and see you, but then then I'll be in, uh, I'm going to Europe for six weeks this summer. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So as if, as if his life wasn't annoying enough now, it's, uh, he multiplied that by a, a factor of 10. Just because going to, just going to Europe. <laughs> I just, just you know like eh, I don't have any. Yeah, just salt you know? the salt I don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't own anything, guys. I just uh, you know I'm just sleeping on the floor. Yeah. And then hey, I'm gonna... Aaron and Sid, you guys have fun with your kids, but I'll be <laughs> yeah. in Rome. Um, <laughs> yeah, you guys, you know, just have have a great time. I will actually be eating durian and making uh, YouTube videos just pretty much anywhere I please. Um, with everything and... I own in my pocket. Yeah. yeah, I just so have a harmonica in- and a pen. That's it. That's and all that's you need. It. That's so enjoy you- en- enjoy your twenty um, first century uh, life with your families. Yeah, and uh, all the stress that comes along with them um, feeding, uh, continuing to feed and support children. Yeah, way to abuse uh, yeah. the environment with having more kids. Good job, you guys. Anyway, um, <laughs> hey, so uh, on that note. I'm serious when I when I begin this question because uh, this spurred my this questioning already. See how you guys did that? You inspired a question already. That's Where do you guys is. fall on the on the minimalist movement? I mean, obviously oh. Jackson's weighed in because he's just got rid of everything and he's sitting on a freaking you know dorm futon essentially. Um, but but what are you guys? Where are you where are you sitting on that? I take uh, the the totally opposite approach. So I will. Um... Typically, like a typical day for me would be heading out to Target um, right. first thing in the morning, and yeah. I will over over consumption. Yeah, so I'll you know I'll fill three, four, sometimes five shopping carts with um, little little one or two dollar trinkets, yes. uh, and then I take the shopping carts out. I have somebody help me with the carts out yeah. to the yeah. to my car. Yeah. But before before we even get to the car, I just I actually just have them throw all of it in the trash. So I don't even take it home. Wow. And that's, that's a kind of a typical. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I um, I and I just yeah. And you don't you shouldn't tip them and you should eat while they're helping you. Um, <laughs> but 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 I am in a place now where I'm not going extreme minimalist there. I just I, I don't know. I I don't really I'm not even like kind of engaging on that whole thing, but I definitely feel like my house is growing internally in a way that I don't feel comfortable with. Oh man, oh. for sure. No, I mean on a on a on a serious note. So I just watched have you seen the minimalist documentary yet? No. Sid? No. Okay, you should definitely watch that. You should watch that, and then we will re we will rehash uh, the conversation after after you watch it, because I think you'll have maybe some slightly different perspective. But um, I would I would say I was already kind of on my way towards simplifying as much as possible, and then I I watched that documentary, and it really uh, I think catalyzed a, a more significant change for me. And now I've just been. We do a thing now on the on the podcast um, where each each week we pick like two or three things we're getting rid of and nice. we talk about it. Um, that's been kind of fun. So I I would put myself somewhere f- like cent center left 
in and, terms of minimalism. And then Jackson, are you? Uh, is this a is this idea concept of minimalism minimalism fueling your actions right now, or are you more just like I gotta get rid of stuff because I'm gonna travel? Um, it's it's a little bit of both. I mean, for me, uh, I've never been someone who just like feels the need to to buy a bunch of stuff. Um, but definitely this this sort of like whole kind of uh, shift in my lifestyle has has had an effect on that. I mean, I think I kind of just woke up one morning and I was like, whoa, I'm doing everything. All of my work is remote. Um, I'm doing grad school remotely. And, um, you know, I, I just I, I kind of realized that, hey, I can really if I really simplify down, I can sort of you know, live more simply and more purposely purpose driven. Uh Um, and, uh, and it's also doesn't make sense to be traveling around with, with a ton of stuff, but at the same time, I don't really view minimalism as trying to make it a competition of who has the least amount of stuff. Um, I still buy clothes. I still have uh, a nice bike. You know, I have, I have things that, that provide a lot of value to me that, that are, they are items, they are material goods, but they, you know, every time I am thinking about purchasing something, I, I think about it in in a way like rather than, you know, do I want this or like, do I, even if I like, do I need this? It's, it's more about like, is this going to provide me value? Is this going to add value to my life and help me, help me achieve what the, the things that I want to achieve? That's interesting. It's funny because um, there's uh, somebody gave me a book that I'm literally just started, so I can't really speak to it too much. But it is an approach. But the book is called Essentialism, mm. and I th- and I think that what you're talking about is more even to that end rather than yeah. purposeful minimalism. It's like question what's essential, and 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 yeah. and do I really want that? Is it of value, like you said? And then you make, can make decisions based on that. I just feel like there's certain things as an adult. And be honest, Jackson, when I ask you this question, like, do your parents still have some of your stuff? Oh yeah. See, and time. that's the thing is like it's not it's not a criticism, but it's like there's there's like I have a house now and we have stuff like I have I mean I just have stuff like I was a musician so I have all my 2-inch tape, you know, like I was recording on like analog. And I don't know what to do with that. I'm not I'm not going to go like I'm minimalist. I'm going to throw that away because it's it's my albums, you know. And so there's certain things I just have, but then there's just that line where on top of that it's clutter that makes my brain I think less efficient and, and and more definitely more irritable walking through a room and my wife and I kind of like every three or four days go, that's it. And we just like, just, we got to just like clear stuff away. Cause it, I think it does affect the way that you behave in the world. Yeah. It and has a t- lot of stress, you know, like not really even super consciously, but there's just that like subconscious, like, you know, uh, sort of squeezing of your of your life, you feel like, oh my god, I have all this stuff, and it it's just sort of it starts to kind of build and build, and and you feel uh, overwhelmed, and then and then you know I think it it becomes a vicious cycle. You know, you start to feel the need to to buy more stuff or to to replace stuff, and you know, and honestly, in our in our world now, in, in the in the 21st century, we have kind of forgotten the art of like fixing things. Like, so if something is broken, we just Buy a, buy a new one, you know, right, right. and so it's like you just kind of keep and you just sometimes keep that old thing that's broken. It's just like sitting in your closet. You, right. know, you have an old pair of shoes that doesn't really do anything, but you just keep it there and you're like, oh, I'm just going to buy some new shoes. Yeah, I think so that's, that's, I think that's, that's why I've, uh, I've, I've found that underwear is, an, is a non-essential for me. So I've just I've gotten rid of all underwear. Uh, you just sold that. And, you threw that in for free with the bed. 
Yeah. Well, no. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. That's sort of like uh, he actually Super he actually one. did he actually did he actually did sell. Uh, we oh, talked God. about this a little bit. His like ten year old racing uh, like his what would you call that a chamois? Chamois. Yeah. His like his like bike racing spandex suit. And somebody bought it. Somebody oh yeah, somebody wow. paid like fifty fifty dollars on eBay, man. Wow, eBay is yes. awesome. Yeah, that's for the anti-minimalist. That's that's what eBay is for. That's their target <laughs> yes. demographic, just crap that nobody wants that people will oh, buy. Man. But I I I think uh, I think you Sid feel exactly that you're having the same experience I'm having. Like we're we're living in this tiny ass house here in Boulder, and um, you know we've got a kid now, and it's like suddenly we just you know like we have all these toys and like all this random shit that takes up all this room. Um, and my wife and I have just been going on this blitzkrieg for the last couple of months where we'll just pick a room and we will just, we will just empty the room out and then put only the things back that we need. That's a good. Um, that's a good technique, man. That's been really awesome. And I think, um, I think one thing that helps us, like as we, as we empty a room and we just stare at that pile of crap, you just sort of ask yourself, okay, you just go through one thing at a time and you're like, do does this bring meaning or joy to our lives in any way? Right. Um, and, and if it does, if it's meaningful to it, we keep it. And if not, we, uh, we either sell it on eBay or we donate it. And, right. and that's been really helpful for us. Yeah. I think it's, it's funny. Cause it, it, I, you know, I don't want to get anybody locked into like, you know, the term minimalist, you know, minimalist, and then they feel pressure to give up stuff that they necessarily, that they don't necessarily want, you know, they don't want to get rid of, but at the same time, asking yourself the effect of your, um, you know, your home. And I, I actually talk about it on a nutritional level. It's like, I always say, make your house, your sanctuary nutritionally, like have less choices in your house so that you aren't tempted by the Ben and Jerry's in the freezer and you're less apt to, and then you can sort of save those things. If you're into Ben and Jerry's, it could be like a treat that you get when you're out of the house. And then your most of the time is your sort of sanctuary. And I think that goes for the actual environment of that. I think that's a very um, often overlooked part of health and happiness is is your your area your where you live your even your car you know like you can always kind of see people who have i hope i'm not like you know but like keeping your car clutter free too because people who spend a lot of time in their car so keeping it organized and clean and open i think has an has a mental effect for sure absolutely i, I think the cl clutter is really the big problem i'm, I'm kind of a proponent of so I, I grew up in a in a in a very sterile household like you know, you know Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's so funny. Obviously, that's twice know. in one. That's twice in one week with you guys because Jackson made a, um, a, a a Ferris Bueller reference. But that's exactly what I thought when you said that Cameron's house. Yeah, Cameron's yeah. house, man. Yeah. It's Cameron's <laughs> house. That that is that is the home that I grew up in in the woods, with the like dreary sky and the just depressing like blue light. Like that's that 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 was my upbringing and so you know my mom was was really intense kind of ocd about keeping everything clean don't touch anything in the house this is this is for looking not touching she had a sign in the house that said uh uh the only reason the kitchen is here is cuz it came with the sale of the house you know there's just like wow. no pre no preparation of food we we microwaved everything wow. um pretty bad anyways i i di digress a little bit but um uh uh, don't even remember where I was well, going I with that. You, I totally think you, I think you bounced the other side of that when you grew up finally was like, I'm going to have Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, so Make I guess my point, cozy environment. 
Yeah, absolutely. So my my where I've settled is like functionally clean. So mm -hmm. like get rid of the clutter, but your kitchen, you know, your kitchen's for making food. Yeah, yeah. Your, yeah, li your yeah. living rooms are hanging out. So I kind of like the farm lifestyle, but without all the junk in your house. That's kind of where I'm at now. Yeah, and I for me with I've got three kids, so there was there was these things where. Um, for like what Jackson said, the whole idea of, you know, we, we just get rid of stuff and then we buy new stuff. But for us, like my daughter is 12 now. So all the clothes that she's had and outgrown, we keep because I have a daughter who's seven. And so there's stuff that I just, I can't do minimalism to that level because I want to save all the clothes in bins in my garage because then I don't want, I don't want to have to buy brand new clothes when these clothes are perfectly good, you know? And so as my children are now growing out of, their clothes, my seven-year-old twins growing out of stuff. It's the best thing ever because those clothes are going to friends who have younger kids and it's just leaving our house. So I also feel like there's a little bit of progression with regard to my, you know, stuff to, that, that it's partly driven by, you know, wanting to not waste and, and to, but then being really happy to see it go. Absolutely. Can I ask you, um, as a, as a young parent, how you, how did you survive twins? Uh, man, I'll tell you, like it was, a. Uh, um, when we found out we had twins, we, you know, we were having twins, and we already had a daughter at that time who was about four at that point. Um, and we thought, you know, it was a little bit of a shocker. My my own my biggest shock was that um, when my wife hit me to the fact that we were going to have to sell our cool car that we had and and buy a minivan. That was my like I, that was like <laughs> the worst. And I'm not kidding. Like if you if you anybody who's heard me knows I kind of poke fun at minivans because it was such a brutal awakening for me. Like what? Wait brutal. what? Anyway, but um. It was harder. A lot of twin parents told us, you know, the first year is really going to be hard. And we thought, well, we have a daughter. Like, it's, it's, we're going to be tired. We know that. And we're going to have to lose sleep and all that kind of It was harder than anybody ever told us. Like, it was, it was literally, I mean, it was great. It was wonderful, but it was as tired. I feel like we're just now seven years in, like, finally over the, how tired we built yeah. up that thing. It was, it was, t and we still had an older daughter too. So it wasn't like we only had the twins. And um, right. so it was, it was, it was, I can't even tell you. Like we look back at those times like, oh my God, that we survived as a, as a married couple is amazing. And right. if you look at the statistics of couples that break up who have twins, it's not insignificant because it is, it is, if you don't have a solid relationship, that will be the trying, the most trying thing is just like getting woken up at two, finally falling back to sleep, and then the other one wakes up at two thirty. And people are like, "You put them on the same schedules, like they're not robots. You do the best they're you can, but they're, you know, they're not robots. robots. They're gonna have their own thing, you know." Yeah, that is just um, totally. That is honestly, that is just mind boggling to me. I feel like people, people who have twins. They reminisce on those early days as, as if a similar to like a soldier thinking about like their their combat tour in, in Afghanistan. You know, it's just like yeah. a total blur uh, periods of like just panic and fear. And they don't remember a lot of things, you know. Oh, I mean? yeah. Like, I mean, the, we the, the great story was we literally got home from the hospital. So the twins are five days old, four days old. And we're in bed. We're all in the same bed. And my daughter, who's four, is there. And we're and we're all like in the same bed, you know. And the twins are there. And she wanted to. My daughter, older daughter, wanted to sleep with us. And and this is the first night home. And in the middle of the night, my daughter goes, "Dad, there's a baby near you." Because I was I was so tired that I was literally about to roll over on one of the babies. Like I was so yeah. out of it. She, and my four year old daughter was like, "There's a baby. <laughs> you have a baby next to you." You know, <laughs> like you know, seriously. Oh, thanks, honey. You know. And it was uh, yeah. Twin parents. Like if we pass each other on the road. Or on the street, rather, and and I it's, see them with twins. It's sort of like you give them the little nod. 
Uh, you, you know, like the Harley, nod. like Harley Davidson drivers. Yep, it, totally. it, that's what twin <laughs> pitches like. Yeah, you, mm-hmm, you, you give it. the high. You, it's the highway motorcycle like yep. nod yep. through the it's window. Just the nod of knowing, the nod of pain, and the nod of sleeplessness. You know, and it's just it's just that trying thing that is. Um, I was talking about today in the in the talk that I gave. It's like we know. And this doesn't apply to Jackson because he's, I don't know, are you 18, 19? Anyway, um, but, but, but. I have three sets of twins, we, actually. We, wow. But we, um, we know the struggle and we do it anyway, you know? And there's, I think yep. that to apply that to, to how I think all three of us coach people, it's like, I don't think we're trying to BS people and tell, tell them that this is a walk in the park. I think at this, I think what we're trying to say is, yeah, that's but if we there is struggle and there's um you know it's it's not an easy path but it's so overly worth it that to not do it is really robbing yourself of an incredible experience. Absolutely. Yeah, the, it's, the struggle it's a, is the way. I mean it's like that that is the the process is the best part in a lot of time. I mean obviously I can't speak to parenting but I'm I'm guessing we're we're extending this into as in a me- metaphor in in many other capacities but I mean, just like the biggest thing that I've learned through this creation of a podcast and, and everything that we're doing, it's like, it's about the process more than the result, you know? Oh, yeah. But don't you find that, that, um, so last month I do my podcast, you know, I, I launch it every, basically every Monday night. It kind of, most people pick it up Tuesday morning and I do that religiously. It just did my 175th episode. So I'm, you know, literally not missed a week, you know? And so, but but and it's generally I just have a routine. It's fine. I come home. I prep. I do all this stuff. And but this last Monday, for some reason, well, I have a couple reasons. But I was in like the worst mental place that I've probably ever been for any podcast episode. I could not get my brain into the swing of things, and it was really yeah. hard. And it was like um, I was irritable. I was in a bad mood. I mean, for stupid absolutely mundane like i I bought myself a nice pen that i just like i love i'm writing my book so i'm sort of editing by hand when i print things out and so i was like i really want a good pen that's gonna it's stupid but i love good pens and so i write this and it's not an expensive pen it's a 30 dollar pen but i but i like and i lost it three days after i got it and so i got home to to start my note taking and get my podcasting prepped and i realized i had lost my pen never found it it's gone it's been gone for a week and so I was in a bad mood about that. And then the stupidest thing, like I joked about on the last podcast, but the peppercorn, the pepper grinder was busted. So when I went to grind pepper on my huge salad, it just spilled an entire thing of whole peppercorns <laughs> on my already dressed salad. And so I picked out maybe 70%, but almost every single bite had like a whole peppercorn. I was like picking, I was like eating watermelon, you know? So it was, just, it was brutal. So oh that's God. all pre-podcast. This is a long-winded way of saying that the struggle associated with what all three of us are doing, like we got to make sure our heads are in the right place to pull this kind of thing off. And it's really hard because, you know, Jackson, you're a student. We, we're all three working. And, and it's like we have to, on top of all that, because we're not making money any, in any significant way off the things that we do and love and have a passion for. But, man, if our heads aren't in the right place, it is such a slog. Oh, you, you, you have to, people who don't do podcasts or don't do things, uh, on the air that are live, like especially video, they have no idea like what a mindset shift is required to do that well. And, and Sid, you, you know, you of all people understand that I I think better than anybody as a, as a, as a professionally trained actor, but um, yeah, if your head's not in the right spot, like you're, you are going to produce a pile of steaming garbage every, t- every time. 
Yeah, um, and, and, and to relate it back to, because this is kind of what, what all three of us sort of tooled around with the idea of, of you know, what to, to, to discuss in this podcast or at least what to touch upon. It's like, that's why I, you know, I when I was a guest on yours, I uh, applauded you guys for the whole thought, you know, the thought for food, because I think any move... And we happen for pot, for us, it's podcasting and videos. We we love that's a passion. But for somebody else, it could be training for a race, and somebody else it could be changing their diet for the better, improving their diet. But you got to make sure your head's in the right space because when you take on any of that stuff, it is a struggle. And we sort of want to do it struggle free, and we can't. And if we try to, we lose because the struggle presents itself no matter what. And if our heads aren't ready for that, then we fail. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like like all good mammals, you know, we we uh, avoid pain and seek pleasure. That's what we do. And um, um, you know, podcasting, coaching, video making, and editing—it's all really hard, and it requires uh, <clears throat> which I I didn't understand at first, but now I I fully understand. It re- requires a tremendous amount of mental. Um, capacity and mental energy uh, to do it right but that's that's the process um, like anything else yeah and i think that's that's something that that aaron and i have have really come to sort of realize you know basically almost a year after launching launching the podcast and just the thought for food platform is that like it's you know we started we started off like oh yeah we're you know we're talking about the food we love nutrition and all this stuff and like we do that's like our kind of our foundation but we sort of quickly realized that like that doesn't the food doesn't matter if you're not if you're not in the right headspace and you're not taking care of yourself and living with you know purpose and 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 finding out what it is you actually want and and how you want to approach these things because uh i think so many people just get so caught up in the aspect of food and diet and uh you know how many carbs you're eating a day and and like that is their outlet and they end, they just stop right at the food. They just stop. And it's like, that's, you know, a great food is awesome. You got to enjoy it, but you also have to think beyond the food and think about your relationships with your friends and family and how, how, you know, are you super stressed because you want to be hundred percent vegan, but you, uh, just aren't quite mentally ready for it, you know? And, uh, do you feel like you're sacrificing, your, your passion for going outside and, and playing with your kids because you just kind of get sucked into that vortex of like meal planning and prep and stuff like that. And, you know, there's, there's a balance there obviously, but I think that a lot of people try and like you said, Sid, jump into these things without taking care of, of themselves and their, their mental space first. Well, yeah, and you got to think like uh, we're do we're anybody doing that kind of thing, and and all three of us have. I mean, I, I don't know if you ever get asked like, did you grow up this way? It's like, no, I didn't. You know, this is reading and learning and changing and, and evolving and all that kind of stuff. And and I think every, you know a lot of people do that to a certain extent. But I think to to understand that we're tr- well, everything you just said right on the money, and and the expectation is you're gonna people are gonna be able to think about that level of stuff while raising families commuting, working a job that's exhausting, having financial stress, you know, and it's like on top of all that, you got to put in that kind of thinking. And how do you manage that thing? Because it's like stress upon stress upon stress sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Sid, what is, um, what has been your most challenging experience, uh, as a, as a coach, whether it's for nutrition or just lifestyle stuff, like what, what has been the hardest part about that? Because I could talk about this for days. 
Yeah, for well, for me, because because like I'm I'm squarely in my sort of weird small steps kind of approach, and I think the number one thing, and I revisit this so often that probably I lose listeners who are like, I've heard this before. I'm going back to ritual, you know, and and so and so and so. <laughs> Damn um, it, Rich. Well, we, we can, can touch on it. We, we can touch on it brief, briefly. Then we don't have to uh, go too far. Down no, no, that, no. I want to. Thing. I want to because okay. I, because this is the single thing. I know it's a good question, and that is that people want it faster than. Yeah. They they want it faster than what they think I'm giving them. I I have to pull reins back um, more often than not, and that and that's I think the thing is like they conceptually understand the small steps. Okay, okay, you want me to ease in? Okay, yeah. But then when I literally say uh, go this slow, they go, uh, you know, it's hard for them to wrap their heads around again this is a headspace thing because in the time that i work with somebody it's a drop in the bucket it's a very short amount of time and what i'm really trying to teach them is to slow down and at least consider these things everything jackson again everything he said that takes it it, you have to think about it and we don't have time to think we're having we have less time to think than we ever had before and so to, to to make moves like that i most people i think should take it a lot easier than they do in making these changes and some people are super motivated to make a huge change but some people aren't and and they it's good to know which kind of person you are yeah what about with you guys besides protein Uh, yeah i mean yeah protein you know absolutely protein seems to be the hardest thing i mean we've had so many clients die now um from protein deficiencies totally um the litigation alone has been really difficult for us that's jesus yeah you're so bad you got to move to idaho yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's 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 really bad. I mean, and let, me, is... let me let me interrupt for one second because yeah. I know that you didn't come on here to to promote this, but the, your ebook is excellent. Did Thanks. you look through it? I did. Of course, I did. No, I looked at the. I just looked at the file and I was like, it's <laughs> well, the great. The photo alone is excellent. The photo no, no, and, and it's actually photo. who designed it. Uh, so it's really yeah. well done. Like it looks good. It's pleasing. It's it's funny and it's like anyway. It's called Dude. Where do you get your protein? That's your that ebook, and I'll link to it in in my show notes. Yeah, dude, dude, where do you get your protein? The comprehend the complete guide for the plant based endurance athlete. It's very niche, but at the same time, it's not. I mean, it's it's a book about protein for any active person. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I mean, protein has been we have beat the protein topic to death. Uh, just in American culture in general, but particularly in the plant based world. But I yeah. think. You know, and everybody says, oh, well, it's a non-issue. It's so easy to get protein. It's so easy to get protein. Like, you don't even have to think about it. But I think what we learned in making that book is, and really, really, really going deep on the science, um, is that it, it, it is, it is easy to get it if you're eating enough calories. Yeah. And a lot of athletes who switch to, you know, and the reason we designed the book for athletes is because the the most common problem we see is that people switch from a sort of omnivorous standard American diet over to a totally whole food plant-based diet and they cut their calorie intake in half. Right. Cause it's less then, concentrated. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Now they're eating until they're full and they go, I don't have nearly the stamina I had. Yes, Cause yeah, you, cut your, like, you cut your calories by a thousand calories a day. Easily, yeah. you know, and they're like, why do I feel like shit? I'm not recovering. Well, you, you're not eating enough. And so the book sort of addresses calorie intake and, and nutrient density, uh, as, as a kind of a foundational, um, thing that people need to know about. But, um, yeah, we just go through the science really carefully on protein. What it, what does it actually tell us how much protein 
does the evidence suggest that that athletes actually need, you know, power athletes versus endurance athletes um, and what that looks like. But, um, yeah, we got Matt Rusigno to write a nice forward for us. Right. And, uh, yeah, we, and our buddy, our buddy Zane Wilson uh, helped us design it. I, I did like an initial kind of like I, I sort of YOLO'd it. Do you, do you understand that the the phrase YOLO? Or are you too old for that? To, to, to YOLO, I, I'm assuming you're talking to Aaron. Um, but uh, <laughs> yes, I know what the, uh, I think. Okay. I, yes, but I kind of YOLO'd the, uh, the 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 initial design, and then we had uh, like our our friend who's like a professional graphic designer sort of pimp it out. I'm just it, I'm trying to, to sound me, cool. Okay? To me, it's like a good. Um, I think the world needs more quick resource guides uh to balance out the some of the other stuff like how not to die which is a great book but yeah. for for most people to pick up that gargantuan beast you know and oh, and oh, you know man. i had garth davis yeah. on my podcast he, i mean proteinaholic is excellent but you got to be committed to reading that and most people aren't going to be aren't going to it's just a lot to get through you know it's like yeah, yeah absolutely and that was the whole intention with the book is to make something that is like fun that is yeah that's fun it's it's funny it's it's not too serious but we really take the science seriously and everything is very well referenced um you know we had it we had it vetted by a registered dietitian um just to make sure we were on the right track and it's 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 40 pages long um and it's something that that anybody can just peruse through quickly to to get good information about um, how much protein they should be eating and really like how much food you should be eating. That that really is 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 the conclusion that we came to. But um, yeah, check it out. It's it's good. We're we're proud of it. We've sold exactly uh, I think half half a copy by now, Jackson. Maybe yeah, one got, copy. Yeah, total. maybe one. And Your so, mom only bought half a copy. Yeah, yeah that's um, it. She's like, I she want returned it. She returned it. And then returned an ebook. That hurts <laughs> when somebody returns an ebook. Um, yeah. Well, I did. You know, I wanted to just commend you on it, and and and, but in in context, of course, of right. the ever present question, and I and I don't really even, we don't even need to go into, it, but I think you made a good point, which is like, it seems like it should be a non-issue because because we've gotten to the point where we there's too many people now who are living really well on a lot less protein, living better on a lot less protein, I would yeah, say. Oh, absolutely. And, and yet, and yet there's like, it's still not enough. And I think in our, again, our prelim discussions of this conversation, you know, it's like, what are the struggles of, of our, uh, challenge to, to, to translate these things in a way that people will get and feel safe with and comfortable with. Cause there's so much, you know, it's so much of, I think so much of nutrition is fear-based and it, and it's so people maybe even get it kind of, but they don't want to take a chance. It's always like it's framed in the media oftentimes is like, well, you can do it, but you have to be really <laughs> careful, you know? And that, I think right. that's a very dangerous it, it message is. we've just seen in, in, you know, I'm not going to get political here, but, but, but on both sides, you know, the, the politics of, of, of fear, that's what they, yeah. if, who can scare the crap out of people more, you know? And I think that that's a very, um, anti-health and happiness way to to approach uh, nutrition, for instance. And I think that we at least, this isn't patting us on the, on the back, but I think that there, our goal is to say, like, this is fun and this is about really about the core stuff about life. Yeah, and I think that's great because, I mean, I think that's a great point that, that like, and, and, and we'd love to hear your sort of thoughts on this too because we've sort of evolved our approach in a lot of ways towards that exact thing where it's like, you know, 
we, we made this ebook, obviously it's very science heavy and we talk about, you know, we go in, we have full hour and a half long podcast episodes on us on like carbs or soy, like where we just go in depth on the science and kind of debunk some of the myths, but we want to make it, we want to create a culture and shift sort of the paradigm within the nutrition community where it's like, yeah, okay, we got the science, boom, done. And then let's move, let's move on. And let's, let's, let's move on to the actual things that we're passionate about. For me, that's riding my bike in the mountains or hiking, uh, or, you know, spending time with, with friends outside or whatever it is that you're passionate about. And so that you just don't like, you don't have that extra stress in your mind. Like you understand it. You've like, okay, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm convinced now I just need to eat plants. Boom. Yeah. I mean, it blows my mind. Like this is not even a plant-based issue really. I, I mean, I, we, no. we both go to veg fest and it's shocking how many tables are like vegan protein, vegan protein bars, yeah. vegan protein. It's like, exactly. it's still, it's maddening on every level. Um, only be, for me, because it, it does perpetu- perpetuate that fear and it, and it, and it perpetuates, uh, especially when it comes to kids, which is, that's a s- sensitive thing for me. Like I'm okay trying it, but I'm never going to do this for my kids. Cause I don't want to guinea right. pig them. You know, there's, a, it's just like, we're, it's, it, it's a fearful enough world as the way that we're presented it in our, in the media and everything else that to add that aspect of it also, when, when really it's so simple as I think all three of us agree to, to eat really well and to be able to move on, you know, to like Jackson said, like to all the things that we actually, actually want to be doing. I rarely is it that I meet somebody who it just is like, I love food more than anything else. I actually don't meet that many people who have that, that kind of approach. Yeah. Uh, you don't spend enough time on the uh, vegan YouTube scene then because, <laughs> because I, spend no, I spend no time on that because <laughs> yeah and that's good and you yeah. shouldn't yeah. um i mean these people are are clinic clinically obsessed with food and ev- everything about food they spend all day and i'm i'm not trying to like specifically pick on these people but the, we we have gotten to a point in some of the plant-based circles, some of the vegan circles where there really is an orthorexia going on related to how people, how people relate to their food. The food is the topic of every thought. Uh, they spend all day acquiring food, um, thinking about the food, preparing the food, videoing about the food, filming themselves, the food. eating the food, you know, mukbangs and what I eat in a day and, yeah, yeah. and all of this, this stuff. And, and, um, you know, and that's fine. That, 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 I think that segment of the uh, plant-based sector is always going to be there. But I guess my point was that, man, um, you know, I think one of the reasons we resonate with you so much is that we take this, the heavy stance of, okay, guys, let's, let's learn about the science. Let's let the science inform help us inform our decisions and make the best decisions we can. And then let's move on and live a long, healthy life and do the best we can. Uh, and just keep it simple, please. Yeah. Please. I, w- I wonder how happy, I mean, I always wonder maybe they're totally happy in which case more power to them. But I always wonder if you sat down and asked like, do you, is food, th- is that more important than family? Is that more important than, you know, being able to move around and, and all these kinds of things. And I, I don't know. All I know is I've never had a client who goes, look, I just want to learn about food because all I care about is food. I've never had one, not one. They always, in a short conversation, they always have other things that they want. And usually it comes down to really that they, 
food is if you can kind of get them to this point that they realize food is uh, can be a tool for them to do other stuff they want to travel or they want to exactly. run a marathon that they never run and and they love food too and i think you can have both both Instead ideas. of just stopping at the food, you know? Yeah, but people stop at the food, and they do it at VegFest, too. They're taking notes and notes and notes. It's like, geez, how many how many notes did you take before you decided to change your diet? None. <laughs> yeah. You know, so why is why are you hyper-focused now on every every single bit of knowledge as a nutritionist? You're not a nutritionist. You're just a person who works in a job that has nothing to do with food. Go have fun in your life. Learn just enough to move on, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's really our, that's kind of our, our new approach now, our, our MO as we, as we sort of refine our message with thought for food is food is fuel to go do epic shit in the mountains. You know, like food, food is fuel to live a productive, adventurous life. That's it. That's it. And it, and it just so happens to be that if you eat plant-based food, not only can you fuel yourself really well and increase your chances of living a long, happy life, but you're also making the most compassionate choice and you're making the best choice, uh, you know, in my opinion for the environment. And so it's kind of this win, 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 but don't overcomplicate it. Humans love to overanalyze things and overcomplicate things. And, you know, it's such an interesting way in which clients you get such a spectrum of people as clients and you get people who are, who literally I have to just see if I could get them to eat one vegetable a week, right? That, that, that type of thing. And then you have people who, like you were saying earlier, who are ready to go 1000% invested and you have to slow them down. And I think the trick as a coach is learning how to assess where somebody is on that continuum and give them the right advice. Yeah, and I think I think part of it for me anyway is is I think with a few pretty quick conversations, they'll tell you where they're at. They they may think right. they're at. You know, they, I've had a lot of clients who go, they want to go bad out of hell, but then after just an hour and a half conversation, you know, they really they really don't. It's just sort of like. Yeah, I need to slow down. Or yeah, right. this has got this kind of thinking has gotten to me in trouble before. But the but the just the rote response is I want to do as much as I can starting now because they want they want the the they want the pot of gold, you know. And it's like yes, right. you're gonna get the pot of gold, but then when you get it, you're gonna keep it instead of get it and have to give it away a month later, you know. And I think the the end game for all of us and 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 is 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 the same, which is to try to get people to get and stay in a better place. Yeah, and how do we do it? You know, that's, that's the eternal question. I think of the, of the coach is how do you make change sustainable for people? How do you just, how do you just give them that tool, those tools and that fire to take off and be totally self-sustaining and grow and continue learning and continue finding an interest and a passion in healthier, simpler living. And I, I, nobody knows the answer to that question. Nobody's figured that out. Uh, completely for everybody, but um, you, the more you coach, the better you get at, at I think finding that sweet spot for people, and it's really rewarding. I mean, it's a great, um, it's a really rewarding thing to do with people, but it's it's very challenging. Yeah, I mean, I, for me, it's um, you know, it's it's that challenge, and it's also how much more once I started doing this, I realized that I needed to pay attention to my own life to be more effective right. in that way, and that that was probably the biggest awakening was how much I needed to be focused on my own 
health and happiness to be a, an effective coach in that way. And, and that, that was probably like, Oh, wow. You know, and that's, that was the impetus to do like my ultras and just like, can I do these things? And how is that going to translate? You know, and I, that's why I think like your videos and your podcast, very effective. Cause you know, a lot of times, you know, Jax is on a bike and it's like, we're just doing stuff. We're not like, nutritionists all the time we have other things that we want to do and we're doing them and the fact that we can do them and raise families and just be really kind of normal is 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 a testament to the fact that this is a pretty cool way to live if you can if you can get there yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely and it makes you really good at at, uh doing makeup too so yeah i mean so yeah definitely like you just i think that i I think that i think the real success to uh you know, just actionable, helpful advice is to, is to really just kind of get your, your clients kind of in with the makeup tutorials. I mean, it's just like a really, it's a really, uh, you know, fulfilling experience to actually have someone else do makeup for you and teach you, you know, you know, give a man a a fish to feed him for a day, give a man a fishing pole, feed him for however long. It's not a very good vegan, uh, metaphor (laughs) there, but, um, you know, if you teach someone how to do makeup for themselves, it it changes the world. No, that's prescient. And my listeners probably have no idea what you're talking about. No, no, no zero, zero, <laughs> zero idea. I was, I was going to try to, I was going to try to clue them in. Uh, we go we to have the a, thought, go to the TFF lifestyle YouTube channel, and that's all we'll say about that because you don't want to give them away any more than that. Yeah, yeah that's true. Look, totally look, worth look, it. Though. Look for the makeup tutorial, but uh, well, like food, you know, TV. yeah, yeah, check it out, check it out. It's good stuff. Uh, do you guys feel? <clears throat> I don't know how many. Do you guys go to Veg Fest fairly regularly? I've only been to one once in my life. Is that true? To, it's very true. I've been to three. I think my my opinion is um, it's for two. I big two problems with most veg fest. Number one, they don't serve coffee, and I have yet to crack that nut. I cannot figure that out because it. Oh, that's crazy. It, I no, and it's, I'm not. Kidding. I can't go then. Not right. Not one. Go. Okay. Secondly, it's kind of dry. And I feel like there's a need for I, this. Is totally on the on the heels of the of the makeup video that you guys did, which is there, it's if if we can't have fun with it and kind of laugh about this thing, then then it it's really gonna not be that effective in terms of a a a, a vehicle for change. You know, like I, I I feel like let's have fun with this, but sometimes there's a very very profound lack of sense of levity and humor in the field and i feel like it's time to kind of let's lighten up everybody <laughs> you know yeah and that's why we love you and and because it's like i was immediately drawn to your videos and podcasts because yeah you don't take yourself too seriously you're making funny jokes and you're you know goofy and like and you know and and i mean that in the the kindest regards yeah. but because we're like we're the exact same way we're i'm i'm one of the goofiest people you'll ever meet and that's what i think helps to keep us relatable, you know? Um, you know, I, I, while I love, you know, rich role and like that kind of scene, it's like, sometimes it, it, it seems a little bit distant. Like it's very sort of, uh, serious, you know? And it, and and it is, and there's a place for that, you know, like totally. it, yeah, and totally. he, rich does it better than anybody. But at the same time, I think there's also a place that I don't find as much of, of just goofiness. Like you said, like just being, dorky you know and 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 yeah well if, if you uh if, so if you let's can, yeah let's create let's do a makeup club. tutorial at the <laughs> let's do a make let's do a veg fest makeup tutorial you, yeah, you'll you be should. our first client you can be our first client <laughs> great i'd like to see what you can do with this mug <laughs> well, um but 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 i think this i'm going kind of full circle a little bit but the struggle this is one of the things i love i love and also makes it more of a struggle 
of doing things like the YouTube channel and the and the and the podcast that we do is we don't get paid and maybe eventually we're going to have so many subscribers that we can do the ads or whatever and make some sort of whatever but there's a certain complete liberation in the fact that we don't get paid because we can just do stuff that we love and in the moment feel passionate about and if it flubs it's not the end of the world like nobody's going you're fired you know and it, that's yeah. a that's a pretty amazing thing and it's a pretty amazing world that we live in where anybody can just start a YouTube channel and make stuff. Just make stuff. And how cool is that, right? It's a pretty amazing thing. And but I think for us trying to get an actual message across and make make stuff, we're also not tethered too much. And I think that that's a pretty great for me that was a really great experience in the podcast too to be like I want to do it as well as I can, but I but I can I can really internalize what that means for me instead of externalize it and say it has to be as good as this other person or like this other person's. I can really get inside and say I want to do it on my terms, and that's a that's been a that's been a really great process for me. Oh, I hundred percent agree. I mean, I think for us, like it, it that that has helped to shift my mindset and create positive, you know, things in my life exponentially just because I you know, we have, we decided to like create this thing where we get to call the shots. You know, we're, we're the ones documenting, uh, you know, through the, through the YouTube where we're, we get to decide what episode we want to put out that week on the podcast, all these things. And it's like, it, it really creates a sense of, of, uh, of like power is not the right word. It's like, like where we, we sort of are, we, we feel really empowered, I guess, you know, and like, Whereas a lot of people in, in today's world kind of maybe feel like they're in a job that they have very little control and, and they're passionate about something else, but they just don't feel like they have the ability to do that. And, and I feel so grateful every single day that I get to wake up and, you know, I also have other jobs, obviously, but I have to where I, I can wake up and I, I get to say, OK, I'm going to film a video today. I get to decide what that video is going to look like and or that podcast or, or that social media post or that Instagram or whatever it is. And uh, to me, that that is is such an amazing feeling. And um, and and being able to share that with other people is even cooler. And doesn't that fuel to me getting people to do even on any even on just like not even YouTube, but just just artist at home on a piece of paper, just just creatively. But doesn't that just improve the entirety of your life? And and how? Oh my God! What a cool thing as a coach to say: try something so unrelated to food, seemingly, and just see what that does to your overall life, and how that can be enough of the mental prep that people need. That we talked about earlier in the conversation, like that that can be enough to inspire change eventually in food. That you got yourself in doing these creative fun things and you're not tethered by having to ask somebody for funding to make a video you can just make a video and most people can have a phone and it's done and it's just so accessible and awesome and i think it's amazing that that uh you know we do this podcast it's just a laptop and a microphone like it doesn't take anything it's a, it's like it, it there's a there's so many we get overshadowed by the negativity that's out there whatever but there is so much cool stuff that's out and accessible right now that i think is under underutilized yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, video video is such a great way to to get a message across. Like you were saying, it, that works f not for everybody, but I think that works so much better than a phone call. You know, than a, a conversation over the phone. Um, 
you get to pe- people see you like they see your mannerisms when you're delivering a particular topic. And I think that really resonates with people. They can they can see what your personality is like and they get a glimpse into, you know, the sort of standard operating procedures of your life. Like, OK, that's what his kitchen looks like. And this guy eats really healthy. Oh, interesting. He just opened his fridge. That's what's stocked in his fridge. Very interesting. Look, he's making tea now. Oh, and he's really funny. Like he seems to be enjoying himself. He's not, um, you know, he's not castrating himself, um, you know, while he, you know, he's not whipping himself because he had a, he had a cookie earlier. Um, and so I think, I think video, yeah, I think video is totally underutilized. Um, but I think the, the scene that exists right now needs, I think it needs a little bit of a PR campaign and I think, um, people need to start injecting some humor into what they're doing. Um, cause it is too serious. And, um, I think if you take yourself too seriously, you sort of, your message sort of gets, gets lost in the, in the, in the, not necessarily negativity, but just the minutia that surrounds taking yourself too seriously. Well, and I, th- and I think that also there's a million and one people that are, you know, quote unquote, nutrition experts or, you know, even, uh, you know, vegan like people or whatever, like on the YouTube or even the podcast scene, it's, there's so many of that. And it's, so I think one thing that, that we've really locked onto is just being ourselves, being authentic and injecting, yeah, that personality in there, because that's, I think people like that. People want that difference. They, they, they like, sure that, yeah, I want to learn about nutrition, but I also want to learn about it in a fun way that, that, I feel like I can relate to these guys and, uh, and I'm, and I can laugh and I can get kind of the whole, the whole deal. And it's, it's, you know, people, people want personality. Yeah. I think, I think that's a effect of, of the new, you know, age of social media and stuff that we are able to reach personalities. And I was thinking how, you know, early on video was, you know, a cooking show and it was staged and it was kind of, you know, you know, it's, it's that kind of crafted thing. And then with, with vlogging, and with themed vlogging, not just like I went here and then I did this and then I, you know, cliff jumped it or whatever. But but for 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 us, like showing, like Aaron said, like the stuff that we eat and just doing those things, it's pretty great because it, it it is a new time where it isn't staged and it is, you know, you're still in front of a camera. I think we talked about this when I was on your guys's podcast. But you're still in front of a camera. There's a certain amount of self consciousness there. But at the same time, the more you do it, the really more relaxed you do get. And I think the more relaxed we all get doing it, people people relate to that better, um, and we get the message across better. And I think it is personality driven. I think that that that's that's a very cool, uh, very cool thing. And I think changes are coming the more that um, we're able to do those kinds of things. Totally agree. I I had a hard time getting that sentence out because I I got a little lost on castration. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I thought that might happen. That went a little, we got a little awkward. It was a little, Jackson and I sort of, I was, yeah, I was we like sort of paused, oh, threw up in oh. our mouths, and then tried to <laughs> try to salvage what was left. You're like, oh, and then you think about the makeup video, and you're like, okay, so yeah. this guy's doing <laughs> That's really where he creak. Went. He's doing really creepy, like makeup tutorials, and he did go there with castration. Yeah, so just, there's yeah. something dark, maybe darker, sort of emanating there. So, anyways, Jack, just, just, Aaron, just to be clear, this, this just whole to be, thing is yeah. actually an intervention. Yeah, uh, that we <laughs> welcome, welcome. <laughs> yeah, Aaron, your Thank mom you. and dad are here. Yeah. Oh, mom. Hey, mom. Thanks. Yeah, five way, um, five way Skype. Uh, got nice job on the very clean house, mom. Um, anyway, and so so, but back to the uh, back to the business at hand, which is. Where do you guys see yourselves going? Like, is it just 
uh, not just because I think what you're doing is fantastic and you're growing and you're relatively new. We all are. I mean, I haven't been doing my yeah. podcast that long either. And it's such a new technology for everybody. But where do you see like what other avenues, more books, more speaking, more of everything? Like, are you just kind of how much more school do you have, Jackson? I want it all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I have about a year and a half left of uh, grad school. I'm, I'm doing a master's. Um, a master's of science in applied nutrition. So, um, I just started that in the fall. Um, it's an online program through the university of new England. So yeah, it's fully remote. Um, and so I think, yeah, I mean, I think what, what, what Aaron and I were actually talking about this today, it's like, we are inherently pretty obsessive, impatient and kind of far thinking people. So it's really easy for us to like, look ahead and be like, Oh my God, this is the, we have like, I mean, I pretty much have it all completely written down, like exactly what I want to do. I mean, we just recorded a full podcast this morning about like what our perfect day would look like if, you know, in, in an ideal world. Um, and so I think that that can kind of paralyze us in a lot of ways and it can get easy to be like, oh, you know, our, our ebook like kind of flopped, even though we're really proud of it and like it can get, you can get kind of get down on yourself. But uh, when we think about it, like, okay, what is actually, what are we actually wanting out of this and what, what is, what is making us, what do we really enjoy? And for me, I'm really enjoying the podcast and the YouTube and I just, I love creating that content. And so I want to, I think we need to kind of focus on, on that, but at the same time, yeah, we really want to make this a sustainable business so that we can sort of work on it full time and be able to just deliver that that content, that personality and, and that value and resource to help sort of shift and create a new niche within the nutrition and, and plant-based world to, to make it more sustainable and, and, and approachable for people. And, and that's, and that's, that's, that's the struggle, right? I mean, you yeah, want to, exactly. you want to make a living at it. You want it to be your job, but you don't want to be constrained by anything at the same time. I think at least where I live and I live in a kind of a small, not a kind of, it's a small town for sure. Um, and there's a certain, in the younger, and this is going to totally make me sound old, but then the younger sort of coming up 18, 19, they have this, they get a job at the Stanford Inn and they're like, here's what I want. You know, they don't go like, here's what I can do for you. And, and, and I'm really eager to work and learn. They're just like, yeah, I can come work for you, but I'm going to need this, this, and this. And they're like, terms. And we're like, who are you? You're 18. You've never worked yeah. in a day in your life. What are you, you know, demanding terms for us, you know? And so th there's that kind of entitlement kind of thing. What I'm honing on with what you said is, and I think, well, I'll go back up. So I think what they want is they want a job that they, they want it, they want it all. They want to love what they do. And I think that's excellent. I think we should want to love what we do, but I don't think that we should expect to love what we do and not have to work to, to get to what we love, what we do, you know? And, and I think what, what we, at, at least at our age, and I hope that my kids get, which is you should find something that you love to do and that gives you meaning and passion in your life but make no mistake it ain't gonna come easy and and nor should it and it'll feel damn good when you get it after the work that you put in yeah yeah i mean that's that's so true like you i, I think the younger generation there is a little bit of a of a sense of sort of idealism and entitlement and there is i think a lack of appreciation for the process of working your ass off to get what you want and people in older generations, you know, especially the baby boomer generation that came from nothing and worked their asses off so that they could have something better than what their parents had. 
And then, of course, their children were the recipients of all that wealth and all that success and lost that drive, um, I think, to really come after it. But listen, anything that's meaningful, uh, you know, that is worthwhile in life, it comes from it comes from the slog and the sleepless nights and the hard work and the um, <clears throat> self-doubt and the fear you know, and, and, and all of that, this is part of the process of growing and being human. And, and, um, so yeah, I think to, to really live that lifestyle you want to, you want to live, you got to work hard for it. Um, and, and that, what I love is that Jackson is 10 years older, 10 years younger than I am, but he's not afraid to work hard. Um, and that's really refreshing to see because I think a lot of people his age, again, are not, they just aren't willing to, to really put in the hours. Um, and so that's, that's nice to be working with somebody who wants everything that I want just as badly. And he's not afraid to get in the ring and slug it out. And, Thanks and babe. Just, Thanks. Yeah. And, yeah. We, and, and we, and we do, and, and there's so many examples of things, you know, people in the, in, in media or whatever that, that achieved so-called excellent success with doing very little, or at least we perceive it that way, you know, just sort of the reality TV kind of boom that happened and really made acting to totally not possible for me in in large part. Like right. it just, it just took over the world in a, in a, for a while. And, and there was all this kind of pre-achievement. I heard somebody refer to it as pre-achievement celebrity, which I love that term, like pre-achievement celebrity. Like you're you're a success before you've done anything. And I think yeah. that that, that makes that's just to me that's another diet that's another before and after photo where where you don't see what goes on after the after you know where is yeah. the after the after there's the before and after and they've gotten they've hit their target weight and that's great but then what's the after of that six months down the line and that's the thing that's where the stuff is that you know everything Aaron just said is like that's where the stuff is it's not it really isn't about we have to live our lives and if we are always goal oriented always looking for the prize we miss out on the entire process. We don't learn anything. We can't maintain it, even if we do achieve it. And that that so called success that we see isn't. Re I don't think. I don't think we really think that that's success. I don't think that is success for us unless it comes with hard work, struggle, and at its core is something that we're passionate about. And I think that's a, uh, you know, what to me as all of us being coaches to instill passion for living well and being happy in our clients probably supersedes any food related change would you agree totally totally oh that's everything well and just and just one thing that i want to touch on about the process is like that's 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 for me what it's what it's almost all about is like and you can probably relate to this pretty well sid like for me the the process of of recording the podcast or interviewing the guest or editing the video to me is, is, is almost everything. Like once that product is done, I'm on to the next thing and I'm like, okay, I'm ready for the next process. Like once I upload a video or a podcast, like I don't even really listen to it or watch it. It's like, I, I I'm, you know, I'm, I'm so, I'm so much more drawn to that, that creative process and that work because I love it. It's fun. And it's, and it's really enriching and fulfilling for me. And then how do you get that translated into things like I mean, what you're talking about really is a, is a creative approach to your life in whatever yeah. avenue that is. And do you think that that can be in food? Do you think you can apply creative thinking in the food realm or the you know in the healthy food transition realm? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think you can, and I think that that's maybe where people get 
lost in the uh, obsession about you, you know filming everything that they're eating or being super obsessed with counting calories and 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 stuff like that that that's maybe the extreme of that but i think with with food for me it's also a process like i also feel like it's a creative process for me because i sort of can play around with it and sort of tweak as i go and like feel like oh when i eat this meal before i go on a on a long bike ride i feel much better or if i eat this i feel terrible um and i mean i i, I don't know if that's really necessarily creative but it's it's a way to sort of uh think about it but for me like i yeah the food is not is not really the creative part of it for me like i'm i'm a nutrition nerd i'm a science nerd and like i love the process of 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 like studying nutrition science and and but that's obviously we're, you know we're anomalies when it comes to that kind of stuff well i think i yeah. think well, go ahead aaron so i mean I, I think there are creative ways to disseminate science so to to uh, sort of spread nutrition science to people because i feel like that that is what we're lacking so much people get their science from the media and the media just uh, historically has just done such an abysmal job of sharing um, quality data with people or interpreting science in an appropriate way um but i think you can get creative with sharing scientific facts with people that help them make better decisions about what they're eating. And like a great example of that would be nutritionfacts.org. I mean, here you have a brilliant physician scientist who is extraordinarily funny, um, great speaker, and he makes these fantastic videos that anybody can watch and understand and learn something immediately about how to eat to not die. I mean, that's, that's really what he does. So I, my short little, um, blip there, but, um, I, I think nutrition science can be done creatively, but like the food thing over and over and over again, other than like taking pictures of your food and trying to make it really pretty, I don't know how you, um, perpetuate, or I don't know how you draw real creativity out of food unless it's information based. Well, I mean the, I mean the approach to your own diet. And so I oh, think, I see. yeah, I'm see, sorry. and I think, I think Jackson nailed it, which is he's, you weren't, you're not married to, okay, well, the lore says you're supposed to eat this two hours before you ride. And so you're going to do that and sort of disconnect yourself from what it, from a creative way to, you ask the question of, does this work? Does this not? If it doesn't work, then you tr try to figure out a, another way to do it. I think that's creativity. I think creativity is there not being locked into rigidity. It's to yeah, say, what's my totally. workaround here? Let me find a, another creative way to achieve the same result, which is I want to have an enjoyable bike ride. So if it doesn't work this way, even though the book told me that, then maybe I can try to figure out a different way. I think we're talking about freedom, and I think we're talking about liberation, and I think we're talking about... We've talked about that in context of the of the work that we do on videos and podcasts, but I think it's also about how to take the knowledge that we get in the marketplace and from science and everything else and be able to distill it in a way that works for us that doesn't necessarily follow a rule or not. And I think that that's, right. that's going to be what success is about long term. Yeah, and I think that exactly like it, it is very creative in today's world to be able to listen to your body. I mean, I've talked about this before on our stuff. It's like we sort of it's a it's a forgotten art almost because we have we can track, you know, we're wearing our little fitness watches that track every heart rate 
data and we can plug it into our computer and know exactly how many calories we burn. And like, there's books on every sort of thing, but we've forgotten how important it is to just actually listen to our body. And and I'm guilty of this as well, you know, with train, with training and, and power meters and heart rate straps, like all these things where it's, you're like, Oh, well, I need to be doing this many Watts to, you know, because it's like 80% of my, you know, functional threshold power and blah, blah, blah. But like, how do I actually feel right now? Am I feeling tired? Am I feeling fatigued? Like, you know, how do I feel after I eat this huge salad? Uh, you know, do I feel bloated or like, do I feel really good and energized or, or, or what have you? And I think that that's creativity being able to like really tune into yourself and like go within and be like, okay, this is, you know, I, I, this is, this is feeling good. This is, this, this rocks. Yeah. I think we've, we've become very, um, you know, almost, like I think we've talked about already a few times, but I think we've kind of over-intellectualized food to that point where there is a disconnect and we're willing to make changes in our diet before we before we internalize those changes. And we do it because we went to a lecture and they said to eat this, this, and this, and we're doing that. It may be at the expense of our happiness. It could make us not feel well, depending on where we're at when we start those kinds of changes. I just did that talk today and this girl was like, I was talking about, you know, yeah, what you guys were, what you talk about in your book, but I was talking about caloric concentration and said, you know, if you're going to eat, I call them heavy box foods, a little more heavy box, as you go up that scale, you got to eat more bulk to get the same calories. And, and she's like, but when I eat a big, huge salad, I've tried that. I it like, I feel like I'm going to die. Well, she was like five, four and like a hundred pounds. Of course, you know, I go like, yeah, but you don't eat that because you, somebody said it's a good thing. And so you're going to eat it to the point that you're sick. It's too much bulk for you, given your size of your body, you know, and there's a, it's kind of an evidence of like, we've got to re we've got to reconnect. And I think in any field and even any nutritional philosophy that you might hold, whether it's paleo or plant-based or whatever that is, it is going to be about connection to you and your life. And I think that's where all of our your and Aaron and my all of our goals are and try to we're just trying to be better better messengers in that context. Hundred percent. That's what it's all about. Just be better. Better, better, better all the time. Yeah, just live your life. Be a better you in the way that you live your life. And I think that that we want to go, we want to skip over and go right to food, but we gotta we gotta get those ducks in a row before we make any of those changes. We totally do. That's the you challenge. Really do. That's the challenge because people come to us and they want the food changes now. They want to know what to eat at ten thirty, and they just want that information. And I think when we say, "Well, yeah, we'll get, we'll give you that," but 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 let's really get down to brass tacks here and really what you're trying to achieve. And and that always takes a little longer. And there's the pushback. And and so there's our challenge. But you know, we we don't shy away from challenge. No, I love a good challenge. You can't. <laughs> well, you can't be good and good at what you do, especially in this field. My God, you know, it's like so much fear, uh, so much nervousness. It is. It's. 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 I feel. I have kids. You know, like I. You know, when you have kids, it's your. That's a fear times fifty thousand. You know, and and you're and you're oh, just trying man. to negotiate this crazy world and trying to live as well as you can. And it's. I don't ever feel like people gosh they should be doing better it's like no no i i totally get it i completely get why why we're struggling with our health because it's really hard to negotiate this stuff you know it is it is and and uh, people are are more isolated and more alone than they've ever been and so i feel like we've really lost that that sense of community um you know people just don't have your back anymore um, to, to an extent when stuff gets hard. So it's, yeah, it's, it's hard. That fear is really amplified. I think when you feel like you're, you're on your own, it's just you and the, and the family, good luck. 
Yeah, yeah. Good luck. Well, hey, you go. You know what, guys? I got your back. We got, got your back. Wow. <sighs> Thank God. Yours. It would have been a really awkward silence <laughs> if you were like, "Thanks." Um, <laughs> I love you. Thanks. Ten percent off our uh, makeup <laughs> tutorials if you sign up with code Thought for Makeup. Oh yeah. my God, you know? the makeup thing. <laughs> That's oh, great. Well, you guys, it was fun to hang out. I, I, yeah. um, I had an idea about this. I thought I was just, we we are like minds. We kind of hit it off for uh, just immediately. And I thought how fun it would be to just hang out with you guys and see where you're at in your own process of your lives and your practices and your school and your family and 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 I hope people you know understand that we're not sitting up on a little mountaintop going, here's what everybody should do. We're in it deep and we're, we're struggling through our own stuff and we're trying to, you know, we, I think we we're honing in on a way that works. And I think that that um, hopefully helps people because that's our goal and, and makes people get a taste of, you know, that there's a possibilities, even the craziness of this world to live better. And I think that's a pretty uh, positive way to engage with the people that we engage with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. We we appreciate you having us on too. It's a it's an honor and a privilege to share the airwaves with you as always. My, I hope my that, pleasure. Uh, and how do people? Why don't you just lay it out how people um, can get you to you guys? Uh, it's makeuptutorials dot com. <laughs> uh, that's a better better. How'd you get better, that URL? Better makeup. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's better makeup with Aaron dot org. Um, <laughs> No, it's uh, we're we're at Jackson. Why don't you do this? You're better at this. Yeah. All right. Um. So yeah, we're the Thought for Food guys. Um. Thought for Food Lifestyle. You can check it out. Check us out. TFFLifestyle.com. You can also find the podcast on Thought for Food. Uh. Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and other like all other kind of podcasting platforms. Of course, go subscribe to our YouTube channel, Thought for Food TV. It's where I like do some vlogging and uh, you know, the infamous makeup tutorial. Uh, and then you can. Check us out on Instagram at TFF Lifestyle, Facebook, Thought for Food Lifestyle. Uh, you'll find us. Right on. All right, you guys. Well, we have uh, plans in the works for a possible video, which I don't want to talk about details, but that's going to be fun. And um, when you guys are anywhere near Northern California, let me know because it'd be fun to, in the weirdness of this world, we've never met in person. And so it'd be nice to actually meet in person and, and, and do some more work together. Hell yeah. Can't All right, you wait. guys. It was a pleasure. Take care. And I will we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, bud. All right, you guys. Jackson and Aaron. Was that fun? Just three guys hanging out in different, totally different spaces. Just just technologically hanging out, virtually hanging out. Um, and I hope you enjoyed that that uh, interview. And we may, I may do more. Like I said, I had a good time with them. And I think it might be fun to just kind of mix things up and bring them for like a... I, I, the way I describe this, like a round table. It's like a round table discussion, right? Except with just no table. And if it, even if there were, it wouldn't be round. Other than that, um, all right, you guys. Listen, I'll be back next week, as I said. If you would like to email me any questions um, or anything, uh, please let me know. I just got back from Arizona today. If you're hearing my voice a little crackly, I'm just tired. Long day of travel. Um, if you don't know, I live remote, so I'm four-hour drive from the airport. So I fly in, and then I got to get in the car four hours and, you know, just the whole thing. So it's fine. But I'm back in business, man. I'm going to run tomorrow, I think, and get back in the deal. If you want to email me, podcast at SidGarzaHillman.com. That's podcast at SidGarzaHillman.com. Thanks again. If you guys can spare a couple bucks, do that. You go to SidGarzaHillman.com and donate. Otherwise, a little re review, a little rating, you know the deal. You guys are awesome. I will be back next week. Have fun this week. Have fun. Yeah, have fun. It's not like I got to put that on hold and then I'll have fun later. Freaking find fun. Find fun. 
I always like to leave my podcast with trite, just just stupid things, sayings, just one-offs that go on a poster. Okay, have fun. There you go. Next week, you guys, I'll be back. Take care of yourselves. Be well. Decision